Good morning. This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Elliot Munn, and I am the pastor here of the Virgins Congregational Church, open and affirming congregation of the United Church of Christ. That means whoever you are, or wherever you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. All righty, let us center ourselves in a moment of quiet prayer uh, before we begin our worship with our choral introit. Please rise and body our spirit for a call to worship. Let all the breath in our bodies proclaim God's blessing. Praise our Creator without ceasing. Our hope is in God's mercy. Let every aching, wounded soul take heart. Sing to the Almighty with me, and let loose the good news with joyful song. When we cry out, God answers. God is eager to kick our fears to the curb. Can you see it? Faith has the power to make us whole. Let the healing begin. Jesus is calling. Let us join in prayer. Ever-loving, infinitely compassionate God, you meet us here as we are with all our doubts, all our loss, all our weariness. Stir your spirit now to awaken our faith to see the power, goodness, and hope at work in this community. Let this glorious hour of prayer be the medicine that makes us fully alive. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
morning. Good morning. Our uh, first scripture reading this morning is from uh, Psalms 60, chapter 66, verse 1 through 12. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great power, your enemies cringe before you. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to you. Sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds among mortals. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him who rules by his might forever whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let the rebellious not exalt themselves. Bless our Lord, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. Uh, the second reading is uh, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not 10 made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Try to remember the way things were two and a half years ago. Barring the essential workers in our lives, many of us were at home, baking sourdough, wiping down groceries, and only meeting people outside of our house, if absolutely necessary, right? We didn't know for sure how COVID spread, 
And we lived in a totally reasonable fear for our lives. Now, also recall the shame that went, that was associated with a positive test. If you got COVID, you must have violated the stringent and rapidly evolving rules. You probably let your mask down too soon. Maybe you didn't, you rushed, maybe you rushed the happy birthday song while you were washing your hands or simply flaunted the rules and gave your grandchild a hug. Precautions, unfortunately, became less of a means of reducing risk and more of a way to prove one's moral worth. If you became sick, it was your fault, and it became your responsibility to stay away from everyone else who was well. While it may not have been as acute, we encounter a similar worry in Scripture, uh, in the time of Scripture, about leprosy. Leprosy, as I said earlier, encompassed a whole host of skin abnormalities then, including what we think of as leprosy now, um, Hansen's disease. It was thought to be highly contagious, and it frightened communities to force infected folks outside the boundaries of the village. Our experience of the past few years makes the imagery of this scripture even more vivid. We understand the fear and isolation that comes with a terrifying disease, and we appreciate the relief that comes with a clean bill of health. The test came back negative, and our life can get back to something closer to normal. That was a good feeling. Our scripture paints a similar picture by drawing us into Jesus' journey from Galilee to Jerusalem. He finds himself in a liminal place between Galilee and Samaria, Galilee was the backwater of the region, and Samaria, of course, was the home of the Samaritans, the religious sect deemed heretical and adversarial to the prevailing Jewish tradition. This unnamed village at the margins is a place where people with leprosy, even they are forced to the boundaries of this community. When the ten see Jesus passing by, they cry out for mercy, for healing, but from a distance. They might be getting by, but they want to get back to normal. Jesus obliges and tells them to go to the priest for inspection. And along the way, they find that they have been made clean. Only one bothers to slow down. And it is the Samaritan. Whereas the Samaritan in the good Samaritan story slows down on the road to Jericho to help the man left for dead, the Samaritan here slows down, turns back, and gives thanks to God for his healing. Jesus prays 
praises the religious outsider for his mercy in one case and in his gratitude here. In both cases, faith is a healing force that takes root on the margins. While marginalization affects each of us differently, all of us occupy some space on the uncomfortable fringe in some part of our lives. There's something in each of us that makes us feel separate. Maybe it's physical, so you don't, since you don't move as well as you used to, or you can't hear like you want to. Maybe it's cognitive, since you don't remember things quite as quickly as you once did. Or maybe it's emotional, since you're struggling to connect with other people. These factors, undeniably, are part of the constellation of our identities, the different factors that make us who we are. The thrust of our text implies that it is the very things that keep us from running at full speed with the herd that slows us down to reconnect with God. As one scholar writes of this story, ten are healed, but only one is saved. The one with not just the disease, but also the religious outsider whose identity um, is, brings him to a life of separation. And it is through that separation that he's comes a particular avenue to God's grace. God's saving grace works through the marginalized parts of us. This past week, I attended the annual gathering for the Vermont UCC clergy, and I learned something that I thought was helpful in interpreting this passage. We had a workshop leader who says that God's word Um, in a lot of ways, can boil down to two basic reactions. Ouch and alleluia. The ouch is the part that challenges us, and the alleluia is the part that prompts praise and thanksgiving. The gospel succeeds this week in prompting yet another ouch. The thought that God is saving me through the marginal parts of my identity is a blow to my striver sensibilities. I like to keep charging ahead and leading from my strengths. I imagine the marginal parts of my own identity as projects to be worked on or overcome. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Instead, he encourages us to let them be fountains of grace, the portal through which God's kingdom comes to us. A few weeks ago, Sue O'Daniel shared with me an article from the Wall Street Journal that she actually received from Dave Tatlock. It was about Thomas Dorsey, the composer of Precious Lord, the song we just heard earlier in worship. Dorsey was a high-flying musician in the 1930s, working as a band leader of a blues group and the director of a gospel choir in Chicago. 
He was soon to be a father for the very first time when tragedy struck. He was away at a music convention and he received word that his wife passed in childbirth. When he made it back to Chicago, he learned that his son had died too. After the double funeral, Dorsey fell into a deep depression. A few weeks later, a friend invited him out to dinner. He reluctantly agreed under the promise that it would be good for him to get out of his lonely apartment. And after dinner, when it was all over, he saw a piano in the restaurant and he sat down and started playing an old hymn about carrying the cross, right? That weight that he was feeling, the weight of his depression. And as he noodled with the tune, new words came out of his mouth. Blessed Lord, take my hand. Now that's when his friend stepped in and said, no man, no. Call him precious Lord. Dorsey agreed it was better. And it became the seeds of a gospel classic, now sung in churches of many races and creeds. And it is a piece that we sing to find God's presence and support in times of trial. Out of deep sadness, its own profound form of alienation, sprung perhaps one of the most faithful and beautiful gospel hymns we have. Can you imagine a tragedy, a life-altering disability, a failed career or relationship, whatever it is that makes you feel like you are on the outside, becomes the way through which God is saving your life right now. Maybe you can. Maybe it is still too much of an ouch for that alleluia to shine through. If you aren't strong enough to turn back yourself, you can lean on a friend to point you back to Jesus. That's why we're here this morning. We gather every Sunday morning to celebrate Jesus taking on the stigma, the alienation, the brutality of the cross and repurposing it into resurrection, healing, joy. Christ meets us in those marginalized places of ourselves and breathes new life. The question is whether we can slow down to give thanks when God does heal us. To live normally is to keep moving. It's to miss the blessings that flow from the bumps and detours along the journey. Living normally, of course, is a constant search for more. And God, no doubt, wants us to have what we need. And salvation takes us away from the normal to the margins and offers us a gift of gratitude. Christ takes you by the hand and says, you are enough, I will sustain you. Hallelujah and amen.
Loving God, we're grateful to be together today. We are so enamored with the beauty of the fall landscapes, the cool mornings, the bright leaves. So beautiful outside. And are we ever lucky? Are we ever blessed to have this warm space that we can be together? We bless you, O God, for your tender mercies. We bless you, O God, for your watchful care. We bless you, O God, for your healing presence. 
Hear now our prayers for ourselves and for the world. We pray to you for the needs of those enslaved by political, military, or social oppression. For those suffering from violence and illness that we can prevent. For those at risk from famine, drought, storm, the natural disasters that seem to be sprouting up all over the globe. We pray to you for the renewing of creation, for an end to harmful habits and willful ruin, for heightened care for species at risk, for faithful stewardship among us towards Earth's resources. We pray to you for the cares we hold this day, for patience and difficulty, for renewal of commitment, for grace to forgive ourselves or others. Heal us, we pray, in our diseases, estrangements, and in the broken places of our lives. May we return to you, to creation and to community, in joy and thanksgiving, according to your grace. Give your church fresh courage and bold vision in this ever-changing time. As we pray for the welfare of all people. In the name of the one who came to heal and to save, Jesus the Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
go forth in delight, joy, gratitude, because Jesus is making us whole, well, anew, each and every day. And as you go forth, go forth in faith that Jesus is walking with you each and every step of the way. Amen.